Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, helping people find and follow God. In this series, we'll be talking about mental health and the gospel. There is an inseparable link between our mental health and our spiritual health. We hope God's word will speak to you through these messages, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. To find out more about our church, to visit us in person, or to give online, visit threecreekschurch.com. All right. Hey, give it up for Tyler and Julie real quick. Thank you. Excited to have you guys uh, pastoring and shepherding us through this and thankful that you're available. And uh, man, I, I got to be honest, I'm feeling a little anxious because somebody informed me a couple months ago that I've been saying the word anxious incorrectly for like 15 years. Does anybody agree with this? Does anybody know that? Yeah, see, you guys know. I've been saying an- anxious. Wait, what did I say? I say, I say anxiety, <laughs> and it's anxiety, and Logan, a good friend who's back behind the soundboard, put his arm around me this summer and said, Joel, I need to tell you something. <laughs> You've been saying it wrong all these years, so uh, I'm feeling anxious. No, I'm not. Uh, thanks for being here. We're in this series. Uh, I, I expressed last week that I feel a little uh, ill-equipped, underprepared, unqualified, but that's okay doesn't depend on me. We're going we're gonna to go to the Bible and see what God has to say, and, and He can do it, and I cannot. So uh, a couple months ago, I was, uh, well, I'd been running, and I, I, I was running a couple miles, and then I got a little overeager, and I started to run too many miles and didn't really build up, and I felt some tenderness in my Achilles tendon, ignored it, obviously, went and played some basketball with some friends, took a wrong step, tweaked my Achilles in some way, shape, or form, was having a really hard time walking for about a week. And uh, so I called somebody in our church, Ann Peyton, right there in the middle. I said, Ann, here's what's going on. I think I'd sent you some gross pictures of my foot. And you, you gave, you said, you know, you said it's probably insertional Achilles tendonitis. And if you just stretch it this type of way and ice it this way, over time, if you rest it, it'll get better. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's clearly something more than that, and, and I, I'd really like a quicker fix than what you're proposing. But it kept bothering me, and so I called somebody else who works for a foot doctor in our church, Laura Rupert, and I said, Laura, here's what's going on. I sent her some disgusting pictures of my feet, and I said, Laura, what's going on here? And she said, it's probably insertional Achilles tendonitis. <laughs> And if you do this stretch and you just ice it and you do this PT, it's, it's not hard. It just requires a little bit of faithfulness and over time it'll get better. You got to rest it. And I said, Laura, I want a quicker fix than that. You know, I don't want to know about three weeks of wearing a boot. They've got to be wrong. And so to prove them wrong, I said, I'm going to go see a foot doctor. I'm going to show them that actually there's a fracture in my heel and that is actually what's bothering me. They can't, their simple solutions cannot be correct. So I went to the foot doctor this past week and I got some x-rays, negative. Doctor walked in the room, it's insertional Achilles tendonitis. And he handed me a piece of paper that looked like it had been copied in 1988. And it was a picture of a man doing the same stretch that Ann and Laura had told me. It was so simple. I'd heard it a million times. I wanted a quicker fix. But what advice would you give me? Just do it, right? Just humble myself, rest, and do 
the stretch. Just do the icing. Just do it five times a day, 30 seconds on each side. It's not that complicated. The advice that you would give me would be, don't be dumb, just do it. I, I tell that story to prepare you for the message that I'm going to give you today. I don't think it's going to sound like rocket science. I don't think you're going to be blown away. I think it's going to feel like a piece of paper that was copied in 1988. It's going to be simple. You're going to have heard it before. And you're going to want a quicker fix. You're going to want a quicker fix. But I, I'm, I'm asking you to take your own advice and to consider putting this very simple thing that God gives us into practice. It's so simple, yet it could, it could actually alter the way that we live and think our lives. And so um, I want to uh, start off by just asking. I, I think I know the answer because I have lots of conversations with people in the room. But have you ever had feelings of anxiety? Do you ever feel anxious when you heard Julie describe how she feels? Have you ever felt that way? Do you ever feel very worried about something that's coming up? Are you worried right now about something that's coming up? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Do you ever, like me, have these irrational fears? I call them runaway fears, where they just build on top of each other. And I, I build this story in my mind of something that might happen that probably won't happen. But in my mind at the time, I'm like, that's probably going to happen. You know, it starts with something simple. It's kind of like this. It's like, man, I've got a test that's coming up. And if I don't get a good grade on this test, then I'm not going to get into the right college. And if I don't get in the right college, then I'm not going to find the right job. And if I don't find the right job, then I'm going to marry the wrong person. And if I marry the wrong person, we're going to have the wrong kids. And if we have the wrong kids, they're going to need braces. And braces are expensive. And we're not going to be able to afford them because I'm still paying off my college. And so we can't pay for their college. And they're going to, result, they're going to resort to a life of crime. And they're going to go to prison. And that gives me a headache. And speaking of a headache, I think I have a brain tumor. You know? And I'm exaggerating, but only by a little bit. Only by a little bit. These runaway fears, these irrational fears. And I, and I talk to people and I feel this way myself. Have you ever had the thought, ah, or ever said it out loud, I'm just a worrier. I'm just an anxious person. Before we resign to that title about ourselves, and before we let these things identify us, where we've actually given them a name, like I'm a worrier, or I am an anxious person, before we resign to that, let's just see what God says about it. And maybe we can agree that we might struggle with those things, but we don't need to identify as those things. Maybe the most famous verse in the whole Bible about anxiety and about fear and about prayer and about peace is in Philippians chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn them on or turn there. We'll throw it up on the screen behind me in case you don't have one. And if you uh, don't own a Bible, then we've got a whole stack on the back right there. And on your way out today, grab one and keep it and just keep bringing it back. It can be yours, our gift to you. Before I read Philippians 4, just two verses, 6 and 7, I want to remind you that Paul wrote this he wrote this to a church in Philippi, a church that he loved, a church that cared for him. But before we think that Paul is off on some, you know, Hawaiian island saying, don't be anxious about anything, hang loose, 
let's remember that he's in prison under house arrest and awaiting potential execution when he writes this. And so he does have room to speak and under the power of the Holy Spirit, he wrote this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Paul can relate though. Paul, Paul isn't experiencing the highest of highs. You ever get that in life where somebody's going through a good thing and you're going through a hard thing and they just, I don't know, quote a Bible verse to you and think that it should just make it all better and it just doesn't? Paul isn't there. He's, he's in a worse case, I would propose, than us. He, he is under house arrest in Rome awaiting execution and what's very interesting to me is if you would flip back two chapters... He tells the Philippians about this man named Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus was from Philippi. And the Philippians had heard that Paul was in trouble. And so, I don't know if it was years or months ago, but the Philippians had actually, because they heard Paul was in trouble and they loved Paul, they sent Onesiphorus with money and offering and gifts to help Paul. And they sent it to him. And then Onesiphorus was there with Paul to encourage Paul. He was a friend of Paul. And while that was going on, Onesiphorus got so sick that he almost died. He almost died. And Paul writes this letter to the Philippians. He says, I am planning to send Onesiphorus back to you. He's, he's coming soon. And look what he writes. He writes in chapter 2. He says, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Like 30 verses earlier than do not be anxious about anything, Paul says, I have some anxiety right now because I want Onesiphorus to get back to you. Paul's saying, I'm a human. I want things to go well and I've seen them not go well. Therefore, I have a little bit of anxiety about this. And so when Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, he's not acting like you should just get over it. He's saying when you feel anxious, when you feel worried, when you begin to feel overwhelmed, th these are the marching orders. This is how we handle it. Because you guys, feelings of worry and anxiety and concern are real. We've got, we've got kids to raise and bills to pay and family that aren't well and relational stuff, marriages that are hanging in the balance, that kind of stuff is real. And so to act like it's not is just stupid. But to, to, to face it head on and say, I'm feeling this way about it. Okay, but what do we do? Paul says, under the power of the Holy Spirit, here's what we do. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But where does he say to turn? He says to look up and, and start praying. Even Jesus, do you guys know the moment when Jesus was filled with what I would say is anxiety? Mark writes that he was deeply distressed and troubled. Jesus Christ, the night before he was betrayed and crucified on a Friday, on that Thursday, right after the Last Supper, 
Jesus goes with his friends, I might add. He goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane and he goes straight to God the Father. And he goes straight to prayer. Jesus is like the example of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He actually did exactly what it says. Jesus, in his moment, he knows what's coming. He's about to be betrayed by his friends and crucified. And he knows what's coming. Mark says he's greatly distressed. It says that he sweat drops of blood. Talk to a doctor. That is a sign of some serious anxiety. And Jesus goes straight to the Father. He goes straight to prayer. And he brings his buddies with him. What, uh, let me just ask the question. I, I shared some of my answers last week. And, but, but when you are starting to feel anxious and when you're starting to feel worried, overwhelmed, what's your, what's your go-to? Where do you, Julie, I loved what you shared about that passage in 1 Corinthians. What's your, what's your go-to? What's the verse that you've hidden in your heart that you just begin to say over and over? What's your go-to? What, what is your drug of choice? Because I find, if I'm not careful, that I will go to food, or I will go to isolation, or I will go to Netflix, and I will just try to numb myself out of it rather than face how I'm feeling, and rather than taking it straight to God. That's what my go-tos are. They're my uh, narcotic of choice, if you will. And, and so maybe, maybe you ought to think about that for a minute. What are your go-tos when you begin to feel that way? You see Jesus, he goes straight to prayer. He goes straight to the Father. Look what Paul says. In every situation, in all the situations that bring anxiety, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your requests to God. Do you know why Paul wrote to pray with thanksgiving? This is why Paul wrote to, play, to pray with thanksgiving. Because thankfulness and anxiety can't occupy your mind at the same time. Thankfulness and anxiety, they can't both occupy your mind at the same time. You can't be overwhelmed with anxiety when you're overwhelmed with thankfulness. Thankfulness is like the antidote to the poison that is anxiety. Thankfulness is like turning on the light and anxiety is like the cockroaches. It just scatters, it runs, it has to flee when thankfulness comes in and replaces the anxiety in your mind. And oftentimes, Oftentimes, prayer and thankfulness are attached to one another in the Bible. If you, if you read through some of the New Testament, a lot of times when you see thankfulness, you see prayer. And a lot of times you see prayer, you see thankfulness. Like in 1 Thessalonians, which is one of the only places in the entire Bible that talks, that explicitly lays out God's will for you. It says God's will for us is that we would rejoice always, that we would pray continually, that we would be thankful in all circumstances. And actually, in the beginning of Philippians, Paul says, I pray all the time for you, and I'm so thankful for you. Thankfulness and prayer go hand in hand in this. And Paul says, when you pray, be thankful, because thankfulness and anxiety can't occupy the same mind at the same time. 
and he says, present your requests to God. What would you fill in as the blank there? What are your requests that you would want to present to God? Our staff uh, at Three Creeks, we, uh, every Tuesday, we have a staff meeting from 11 to 12. And for the last couple of months, each one of us have been bringing in different people that have impacted us in our lives to zoom into our meeting and, and just share a 10 to 15 minute devotional with our staff just to encourage us or challenge us. And one of our speakers about a month ago asked this question. He says, he just said another way, you know, the same question I just asked you, what would be your request to God? In other words, what do you want? Like what's on your list of what you want? Gave us a minute. We were able to think about what we want. And then he said, and, and it's so true to me, and I think it's probably true to most of us. He said, isn't, or doesn't what you want pale in comparison to what you already have? Does it, think about it for a minute. Like, doesn't what you want, doesn't it pale in comparison to what you already have? And he said, if, if, I, if I gave you a piece of paper and a pen and I said, what do you want? You might take 30 seconds and write down a couple things that you want. But if I gave you another piece of paper and another pen and I said, just start listing out things that you already have. He said, I think it would take a lot longer. And I think that's true that, that what, we, what we already have just dwarfs what we want. And so Paul's saying, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What does it say next? That God will fulfill all of your requests and check all the boxes? No, he gives us something better than that. Paul writes, if you do this, the peace of God, everybody say, peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, peace that you don't think is possible is possible. And this is literally impossible for me to explain because it's impossible for you to understand through my words what this feels like. The only way that you get to know what this feels like is you, you experience it for yourself because it says that it transcends understanding. It, it transcends understanding that there's, there's this peace when we are completely overwhelmed and we're just, we're, it, it's paralyzing. I, I've had numerous conversations recently with people in my community group about these feelings of anxiety that are physically paralyzing. And when that happens, it's, it's impossible to imagine that the peace of God could come in. But what Paul, what Paul writes, he, he goes, the peace of God can come in. And just so that we're on the same page, it will transcend your understanding. Meaning, I know you don't expect it to happen. And I know you don't know what it's going to feel like. But there's this thing called the peace of God that you're only going to be able to say, I have it. And you're not going to be able to put it into words. It's going to surpass your understanding. Paul doesn't, prom, or Paul doesn't say that God's going to give us what we want and fulfill our requests. He promises something better. He says that he'll give us peace for our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Meaning God is better than a genie 
He's a loving father that cares about you more than just giving you the stuff that you think that you want. He cares about you more than just to fix it quick. He knows he's taking you through something. He's taking us through things and giving us this peace in the in-between. I loved, Tyler, what you said last week when you came out at the end. And if you weren't here, I'll, I'll just recap it briefly. But you said that when you feel anxious, it feels like you're carrying around this big bag, right? And I, I think sometimes, even when we're feeling this way, if you come to a, a church service or a sermon, it might feel like, well, Joel just added another brick onto my bag. Now I got to pray for 10 minutes a day, you know? It's like, okay, here's another brick and throw it on there. It just actually ends up feeling heavier. And I originally titled this message, Do Not Be Anxious. And I was like, that sounds like the name of a brick that you would put on a bag. And I retitled the thing and I just retitled it called the peace of God because the peace of God is like a pocket knife and you just get to cut the straps. And it's just, the, the, this, what Paul's talking about is not something that you have to do. He's talking about a gift that he gives us, the ability to have it be released and go, wow, I did not know my arm could feel this light. Paul's talking about a lighter, freer, better way to live, not something more that we have to do. It's like, it's this gift. It's not, a, it's not on the to-do list. You know, I, I, I loved that picture. And I was thinking this week about how badly I don't want anyone to feel like the bag got heavier. I'm, I'm trying to talk about how the bag gets dropped. And Paul's saying that by going straight to the Father and praying with thanksgiving, that out of nowhere, what? That just that didn't even make sense, but I just feel different because the peace of God just came upon my life. This past summer, this passage became very real to me. Uh, my faith, my trust in God, my, uh, my, my trust in the goodness of God was put to the test. I had one of those mind races to irrationality a couple of days. Morgan came and said she felt like a lump in her chest and she's like, it's noticeable enough that I feel like I should get it checked out. I was like, well, yeah, let's get it checked out. Like, I'm sure it's nothing. That's what I said, but it's not what I'm thinking. So she goes in and I'm hoping for like, oh, it's nothing. Don't even worry about it. It's not a big deal. Just go about it. No, just, that's what I was kind of hoping for. And Morgan came back and said, they want to do a biopsy. And so I went to my doctor, google.com. If, if anybody's interested in increasing your anxiety, go to google.com and just type in symptoms. Uh, we all have cancer. And um, man, my mind started racing because I'm reading this stuff and being like, holy smokes. And I'm to the point, I'm not kidding, I'm to the point where I'm, I'm literally going over this conversation in my mind, how am I going to help my kids remember how awesome their mom was? That's how far it went for me. She's a goner. I'm going to have to figure this out. She goes and gets the biopsy. It's going to be a couple days before we have the results. And, and in this, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. And so is Morgan. And, 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 and I... Uh, I just really felt like 
God spoke to me, and I don't say that flippantly. I really mean, I feel like God spoke to me and said, Joel, I'm taking you through this for a reason. And my response was, taking me through what? Taking me through Morgan has cancer? No, 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 Joel, I'm taking you through these days where you don't have the answers yet to see what your faith is like. And I was like, you know, in this moment with God, just kind of almost ashamed of how, how quickly I'd gone to questioning him. And, and he said, I'm taking you through these days in the in-between, the days where you don't have the answer yet, because right now your anxiety, your worry, your concern is very high. But if that goes down only when you get a good report, what does that say about your faith, Joel? What does it say about your faith? That it would be dependent on the results. And I, I, I really truly mean this, that over the course of those few days while we're waiting for this to happen, that I, I just, I really can say that God gave me this peace of God in that where I had actually gotten to the point where I was like, I'm... I'm not doubting the goodness of God. I'm, I'm okay either way. I remember praying with Morgan about this, just being like, God is taking us through this. We don't even know what the results are going to be, but we've got to be good with God before we get the results. But those days in the in-between, let's just be honest, they are challenging. They are hard. And it's a lot easier if you get a good result on the test or whatever you're nervous about. It's a lot easier if that goes well to be like, oh, Whew, now I feel better. But what Paul's saying is that you can feel better. You can experience this peace of God in the in-between. That's what a real life faith in God would do in those times. And, and by, by the grace and the goodness of God, it came back and it was okay. The results were clear. I don't even know what it was called. It was like, you're going to be fine. No problem. But I... Because God took me through that, I was already cool with it before we got the results. Like when we got the results, it was like, we weren't like, <gasps> you know, how you can, I can feel that way. You know how we do that sometimes? It wasn't so much like that. It was like, okay, we're good. God's got us. Hello? And, and I've been just, I've been thinking about you guys, our church, knowing that in a room this size, the number of the people that go here, that we're going, somebody in here probably is waiting for biopsy results. And if you're not waiting for biopsy results, you're waiting on something. You're concerned about something. You're worried about something. You're anxious about something. And I just think we'd be crazy to rush out of here and, and just not think about what Paul says to do. And so what I, what I want to do as we close our service is I actually want to give you a minute to try to put this into action. And I know it seems like stretches and icing. I know it seems simple, but it's crazy profound and crazy life-changing when we actually just do it. And so what's going to happen, the band's going to go up here in a minute. Brandon's going to sing a song. Uh, the words aren't going to be on the screen. It's going to kind of just be a song over you. But during these four or five minutes while he sings that, I just want to give you a chance to pray with thanksgiving, to present your request to God. And, and maybe the peace of God, like Paul said, would come on you and that you would feel indescribably different walking out of here than you did coming in here.
And after Brandon sings a song, we're all going to stand and we're going to sing one more song together and then we'll head out. But let's not rush out of here. Let's, let's see if God wants to say something. As always, our prayer team will be in the back. And if you want to pray with somebody, we would invite you to do that. Let's go ahead and just bow our heads now. Let me pray over you while the band gets ready. Father, I pray for the peace of God to come upon our people today. I pray that these would not be words on a page, but that it would be something that we experience. Thank you for not being a genie that just gives us what we want, but thank you for being a father who cares about where we're at and who we are. I pray for the person in the room who has said out loud, I'm a worrier, who has said, I'm an anxious person. And I pray that those shackles would fall off of their hands. I pray, Father, that they would experience this peace of God that transcends understanding that we can't even understand or describe. I pray it on these people. Father, I, I, I pray for the person right now who feels like they're carrying that bag, a bag full of bricks that just weighs heavy. God, if they're tempted to feel like this is something that they got to do to earn your love or be good with you, God, I pray that right now you'd bind that thought up and cast it out. I pray that they could see this passage as the ability to drop the bag. God, you care for us. You wear the yoke for us. Life with you is better. And so we lean into you today. Calm our anxious minds and give us the peace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, to visit us in person, or to give online, visit threecreekschurch.com.